Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm sharing grandmothers different than night and day. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, you probably know that I am passionate about learning from difference. It's part of what I find upsetting about the modern era we are in, that shutting down discussions around difference instead of leaning in and learning from our differences is so popular right now. And I think it limits us as a people and as individuals. I've really sat with myself to look at what I experienced as a child that has set me up to invite and feel intrigued by difference. I've even felt honored to be able to experience difference. My grandmother's had a lot to do with this. My most impactful grandmothers, because I also had a step-grandmother, my most impactful grandmothers were Grammy and Jet. Jet was a nickname that I'm going to use for her. Their differences were comical. They were so huge. And I compared and contrasted and worked my little kid brain on how the differences could even be possible. You know how I say a lot that most things aren't black and white, all or nothing, and most things kind of shake out somewhere in the middle? Well, not my experience of my grandmother's. It couldn't have been more all or nothing, black or white. I've talked more about Grammy, who was married to my grandpa and these years of having the Emotional Badass podcast. Not so much about Jet. Grammy, my mom's mom, was beyond frugal and probably never did a luxury thing in her entire life. Grammy went to supercuts or she took a man's hair clippers and left some hair, but basically buzz cut her hair. She could care less. She did not think anything about appearance was important. I don't think she ever dyed her hair. I don't think she ever had a pedicure, a manicure, a facial. She used soap on a rope, y'all, Irish spring. She wore old lady culottes that I have only ever seen on other actual Catholic nuns when they aren't in the nun habit. Grammy had two master's degrees. She had run her own bookstore. 
She had six kids and 16 grandkids. I was the third eldest. And she was super active in all of our lives. Grammy believed in delayed gratification. She believed in hard work and minimalism in many ways. She believed that fancy things were wasteful and, yes, sinful. She was disciplined. She went to Catholic Church daily while I lived with her. Every year, she went on a two-week retreat of total silence. No talking. I'm not even sure she read. She might have. I wish she was here for me to ask. But total silence, two weeks. And she'd tell us, this is what I have to do to not lose my mind. It was the only vacation I ever saw her take, hanging with nuns. Grammy's hobby was reading and garage sales, going to them and creating them, finding deals. She would host her own garage sale yearly. And we were famous in the neighborhood for this garage sale. I'd bake things in the weeks before to sell baked goods and lemonade. Grandpa would sell plant cuttings. And all 30 plus family members would come to set up and sell all of our crap together. There was a lot of togetherness, a lot of connection that was about being together. Jet was actually my step-grandmother, but we had a grandmother-granddaughter relationship. She had always wanted a daughter, and I was the first female granddaughter that she had. She was the third wife of my Italian grandfather. I didn't know this as a child, but as an adult, it filled in so much that made sense. Jet, who I call Jet, because we had to call her by name. Anything else she would say would make her look and sound old. She had been the madam of a brothel in southern Louisiana. By the time I was old enough to understand, she had disowned multiple children, my father being one of them. Now she disowned him because he abandoned me. Jet would often be in the local New Orleans paper as best dressed, or her house would be in the local paper for design. I remember a remodel where the walls were made into purple linen and like an eggplant color. I had never seen anything so fancy in my life. They'd sometimes be in the paper with famous chefs since the family business was selling wholesale seafood in New Orleans to all the fancy restaurants. When I was born, Jet begged my mom to let her put me in pageants. Now, my mom is not really girly girly in any way, more a tomboyish type. So that saved me from pageants. She said, oh, no, 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 no. She was not into that at all. As a constellation prize, my mom let her put me in fashion shows for Saks Fifth Avenue when I was little. Jet would let me have coffee milk or cappuccinos when we went out. If she was dieting, I was basically dieting, even if I was very, very hungry. Everything about Jet's home was anti-child. There were sofas I couldn't sit on, rooms I couldn't walk in because of the lines of the carpet from the vacuum that needed to stay in place. They had a swimming pool that I often could swim in, but I wasn't allowed to splash. Not one little splash. There was a fear that the chlorine water would get into and kill the landscaped plants that were tended to at least weekly by landscapers all around the pool and around the house. Their garden would often win awards. Jet gave me champagne 
took me to fancy restaurants. And my only ever trip to Disney World when I was five. She flew me first class in 1985. The week before, I had been wearing garage sale clothes. And in 1985, flying coach was still very fancy. She gave me a fur coat. And I remembered walking down Bourbon Street while I was still in elementary school with her at night. I remember wearing it while she was pointing to the legs on the swing. Many of you who have visited New Orleans have seen this. It's a very famous scene. There are legs that swing out onto Bourbon Street. It's a strip club. It's named Big Daddy's. And she pointed to those legs and said, look at the legs. Those are the dancing naked girls. I knew who Chris Owens was too at five, the most famous New Orleans exotic dancer who is a very specific kind of New Orleans old school character. Look at the pretty naked ladies, she'd say, pointing to the topless women photographed and exposed. Those French Quarter shutters hide those pictures, hide those bosoms all during the day, and at night they come out. Yep, I felt like I was sinning with Jet a lot, and I loved it, that good-bad feeling. And yes, it cued all the Catholic shame and confusion that I could possibly have. I grew up watching these two sides of my family move through the world like polar opposites. And I knew, I felt, even when it was unspoken, that they despised each other for it. My grandmother was too religious and spiritual to not try to work through those feelings. I could feel her trying to work through those feelings and trying not to let me know she had those feelings. Jet, not so much. I was caught in the middle, and it was very confusing and stressful. I liked the luxury things, but felt guilty and bad enjoying them. I witnessed money be a struggle for my mom and understood that Grammy and Grandpa were okay financially, but had always had to be very frugal with six kids. And it was just part of their principles. If money had fallen out of the sky into Grammy's lap, she wouldn't have lived any differently. She was certainly a Depression-era human being. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee, or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. I felt the family with money looking down and judging the other. And I felt the poorer side of my family judging the other for having abundance. I observed these dynamics like National Geographic photographers watch elephants and lions. The differences between these two women did so much to shape me. People with money and people in poverty have very different relationships with money 
and life with surviving and thriving. Of course they do. So the big duh. But what we don't talk about enough is that both ways of being do contain some important wisdoms. I learned to never take having enough for granted from Grammy, to work hard, to save, to not spend willy-nilly and know that there are always future rainy days. From Jet, I learned to enjoy the moment, to indulge, that I could make choices to make less money or more money in this life. I saw that having enough meant being able to have more choices and I wanted to grow up and be in the camp of having more choices. I am grateful to both of these examples of how to experience the world. It wasn't until Grammy was diagnosed with a brain tumor when I was 15 that I understood one of the biggest and saddest differences between a regularly empathized person and a narcissist, though I wouldn't have that language for many, many, many more years to come. From diagnosis to death took seven months for my Grammy. Today, looking back and thinking about that time of seven months, that's very quick. But at 15, it didn't seem quick, even though we knew it was an aggressive tumor. That we knew that she wouldn't live years and years and years with us. All she was willing to do was get a biopsy, and it's all she wanted to do on her brain at 70, despite her kids pressuring her to do treatment that would have likely made her a vegetable. And that's what she didn't want. And she was satisfied. She really, really was satisfied. Her spiritual connection gave her that. She was satisfied with 70 years as a good, long life. And not to get off subject, but this is a big part of why I am for medical freedom. So that no matter what, we all can always make the choices that resonate within us instead of choices from fear and pressure of others. Her six children didn't understand this and spent her last moments on earth pressuring her to do what they wanted instead of just enjoying their time with their mother while she was here. They loved her and they were in fear. And I understood and had compassion and empathy that they were scared. And I also understood and had compassion and empathy that she felt it was just her time. It has to be divinely that I knew this Because I can't make sense of how a 15-year-old can figure that out. But I did. I understood this on a deep feeling level. And it made me angry at her kids, at my aunts and uncles and my mom for their pressure. Despite my sadness and my fear of losing her and knowing she would go soon, I respected her decision. I respected her courage. I respected her willingness to speak her truth in the face of their pain. Her acceptance of death and of life was impressive. In the months after diagnosis, I spent more time with Grammy than Jet. Of course I did. That is so natural. A month or two before she died, I was visiting Jet and my gut went cold and still. Like my body turned almost reptilian instead of human as she was saying, I'm important too, you know, not just your other grandmother emotionally blackmailing me out of a place of insecurity and immaturity and utter lack of empathy or insight for Grammy or for me. True, true narcissism. And I remember thinking, 
that's what's different about you and Grammy. Grammy would never, ever, ever make me feel badly for visiting someone who is dying. This is wrong. Believe it or not, I'm grateful for these experiences. I'm grateful for the so many differences I witnessed growing up. I'm grateful for the experience of both of these women. I hope something about this episode helps you hold a little more space for what difference can show us and teach us about who we are and maybe more importantly about who we aren't. I'm proud that I have heart and work ethic and ambition and a strong financial saver spirit, if you will, and a rootedness in who I am and how strong I can be, even if everyone else in the room has a different opinion. Grammy gave me this. And in this way, she is always with me in who I am. From my narcissistic grandmother, Jet, I learned very important things today that I'm very grateful for and I'm grateful to her for. I learned to indulge sometimes. I learned to go after what feels good. I learned to embrace my feminine energy, a sense of style, to experience pleasure, guilt-free, and to never take someone's insecurity personally. I'm not just grateful for the comfortable experiences, y'all. I'm truly grateful for the hardships, too. I'm grateful for the teacher that is difference. Our next Patreon livestream Q&A is on love. Now, if we were any other show, one, two, three, seven times during this episode, we would have broke to go to commercial. I would have said something like, all right, guys, sorry for the interruption. Time to pay the bills and run a commercial. We don't have to run commercials because of the generous people who come to our Patreon. It is another space that we have created in conjunction with the show. It is nothing like Facebook. It is a place where we, there's no opinions. I won't allow it. There's just growth. There's curiosity. There's empowerment. There's breakthroughs. We have had over three years, getting close to four, of growing our Patreon, of doing an episode every single month. The second you log on and throw us five bucks, you get every episode we've done in that time. And those episodes are exclusive. You cannot find them on the website. You cannot find them on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else. If you are hearing that and going, oh man, I really need to get on the Patreon. If, if you have disposable extra income, I welcome you. If you are struggling to pay your bills, if you are struggling to put food on the table and you benefit from the show, Please use this as an opportunity to sink into abundance and to allow yourself to receive. I say this because sometimes it is the people with the least who will be generous and give the most. There is abundance in this world and there are plenty, plenty people who have enough to easily throw the show two, five, ten, twenty bucks a month. And if you are not in that position right now, I do not want you feeling guilty or bad. We have gotten some messages from people saying as much, and it just absolutely breaks my heart. So when I pitch Patreon to you, if you are struggling, please feel a fullness in your heart that we do this show for you, that there are enough people and community on this planet to support us, supporting you. And sometimes the healing task at hand is to just 
allow yourself to receive. One of the things you get when you're on our Patreon is you get a shout out. So here is my list of Patreon producers. And in my heart, I think of y'all as angels because you help us get this show out all over the world. I want to thank Susie, Chris with a K, Erica, Paige, Nancy, Susan, Kiara, Vanessa, Mindy, Kathy, Nicole, Brett, Christine, Angela, Doris, and Terry. Thank you for being someone on the planet that's willing to grow and expand themselves. I truly believe that we heal this planet one person at a time by doing our own work. And then there is a butterfly effect. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love. And I will see you right here with a new episode next week. Bye-bye.